0: What's up, Braves country? Today is January the 20th, 2020, and happy Dr. Martin Luther King Day to everyone. Uh, Before we get started, if you would, please uh, follow and subscribe to this podcast by doing us a favor on your favorite podcasting platform. And if you want to follow me on Twitter, I'm at capital doctor, capital Braves. The D and the B are capitalized in that Twitter handle. So today, we're going to finally talk about the Josh Donaldson situation. This will be the last Josh Donaldson conversation we have on the podcast, other than maybe some references back to Josh. But as you know, uh, Josh Donaldson did not sign with Atlanta. He left the Braves for a four-year deal with the Minnesota Twins. It was four-year, $93 million. Uh, That essentially comes to what the Braves paid Josh Donaldson for one year last year for four years, However, there's a fifth-year option for the Twins in there that has a buyout, so that money's a bit misleading on what he's actually making per year. So, uh, a couple things come to mind about Josh Dawson. First of all, I I sort of believed a few weeks ago that if Josh Dawson were going to be a Brave, he'd already been one. So I'm really not shocked that he did not sign with Atlanta. Uh, I've also been on record multiple times as saying I did not think it was a good idea to give Josh a four-year deal. So we have to ask ourselves, what are the Braves? What is Liberty Media? What is Alex Anthopoulos doing at this point in time? Uh, one train of thought is he just thought that uh, the four years was not a good deal and didn't offer a four year contract. Uh, you know, Josh Donaldson has been interviewed and quoted as saying the Braves. Uh, he didn't really come out and say it, but he's saying the Braves came in late with the deal and it did not sound like it was really a competitive offer for Josh Donaldson. So. A lot of Braves fans are probably disappointed right now. Uh, I I am not so much disappointed at this point in time until I see what the Braves do next. Uh, As I said, I don't think a a third and fourth year for Josh would have been a good contract, Uh, and and that's one of my concerns about giving him that four-year deal for the Twins or if I were the Braves, the Braves. But you also ask yourself, is this the Braves being smart or is this the Braves being cheap? You know, we we certainly know we need a cleanup hitter and Josh Thompson would certainly fill that role in 2020 pretty nicely, no question. Uh, Right now we're left with Nick Marcakis probably batting cleanup, uh, or maybe Adam Duvall in in a platoon, which I don't love either way. Uh, So the Braves have to do something now by going out and addressing the cleanup spot, and and many think that it might be uh, an outfielder as opposed to a third baseman. Uh, Yet to be determined, we shall see Uh, But uh, we do have some things to do still if you're the Braves uh, front office and and Liberty Media going forth. Uh, One of the things I wanted to kind of talk about quickly though uh, is Josh Donaldson versus Austin Riley uh, in in a long-term sense. Uh, I I really believe we have to be patient and I think this is what the Braves may have been doing because I believe Austin Riley is going to be a better player than Josh Donaldson in two years. Uh, Yeah, this year, maybe even next year, Josh Donaldson gives us that protection for Freddie Freeman, the four hitter we need desperately. Uh, Maybe Austin Riley starts the year in AAA or or isn't nearly the player that Josh Donaldson was yet. But I I do think in 2022, I'd rather have Austin Riley at at an affordable contract than I would Josh Donaldson at $25 million a year when he is uh, pushing 37, 38 years old at the end of that deal. So, you know, I think the Braves are playing this smart. Uh, I certainly hope there's still moves to be made. Uh, and I believe, certainly believe there are moves to be made. But let's talk real quick about some of the moves we did make because we did make a few free agent moves this this week in the past uh, few days or so. None of these, albeit are major, but there were three things I noticed the Braves did do. So let's discuss those real quick. Uh, first, they signed 33 year old left-handed relief pitcher, Chris Rusin, former of the Colorado Rockies to a minor league deal. Uh Reusen only pitched in one game last year. I'm sorry, two games last year, in one inning, and his ERA was thirty-six. So it's kind of unfair to say uh that's that's a judgmental thing of having that high of an ERA because he spent most of the year in triple A and actually started some games in Triple A. Uh he's a four sixty-two career ERA guy and has been a serviceable relief pitcher over the years. So this is a this is a move that gives them another arm from the left side. Uh again, minor league deal, very little risk there. So I guess a lot of folks say whatever but uh you know i think it could help us at some point down the road if we need another arm from the left side uh we did re-sign the danny hechevarria to a one-year one million dollar contract a major league contract uh assuming he's going to be the backup shortstop utility player like he was last year um you know hechevarria actually hit the ball decent with us last year he hit 241 for the season uh the last part of that with the braves but we all know he's a very good defender uh, in the middle infield, can play shortstop, third base, second base, uh, in a plus way, above average for sure. So uh, he's a guy that makes us strong up the middle uh, in a backup situation and dispelling spelling Dan's being an Aussie from time to time, or even at third base in, in a pinch. And then the other thing the Braves did do is is sign journeyman third base third baseman, excuse me, Giovanni Solarte to a minor league deal. Uh, you know, I think this is insurance for, for third base, for Camargo, for Riley. Whatever we do there, I think Salarte is a guy that you you know you can put out there, and he would give you at least some major league experience. He's a 205, uh hitter last year, uh, 32-year-old guy. So you figure he's in a competition with Culberson, uh, and now Hacheparia being in there kind of complicates that as well. So I figure this guy takes a AAA assignment or, or doesn't make the team now, but Who knows? Uh, and again, whatever, a minor league deal, uh, no big deal on that situation going forth either, in my opinion. So uh, three guys we brought in, one big guy, Josh Donaldson, we didn't bring back in. Uh, so now we're left to ask ourselves, what do the Braves do? And we've discussed this at nauseam, I guess, in some cases. But now that Josh Donaldson is out of the picture, we know it won't be Josh Donaldson. We know we've got to do something else. So what is that? Uh, we've read... And on many internet feeds and many uh, Twitter feeds, all across the news, hot stove area, the Braves are interested in Marcelo Zuna and Nicholas Castellanos in the free agent market. Uh, Two guys that play outfield, power hitters, uh, Zuna of the Cardinals this past year, formerly the Marlins, uh, and then uh, Nicholas Castellanos of the Tigers, and then he was uh, sent to the Cubs in a deal last year and actually had a really good year uh, for the Cubs last season. So I'd like to analyze these two guys real quick and what they did last year. Uh, Ozuna hit two forty one, hit the ball with a lot of power, 29 homers, 89 RBIs. Uh, Ozuna is, in my mind, a a below-average outfielder, played left field a good bit of the year for the Cardinals, and and, uh, is not a very good outfielder. Uh, Hits for a low average, got a lot of power. Uh, You know, he's the guy historically and famously in the playoffs against the Braves this past year who blooped us to death with some doubles and, and big hits, but they weren't really hit very hard. So Ozuna's one guy uh, that, that they say the Braves are looking at. Uh, Nicholas Castellanos is the other. Uh, Castellanos actually hit 289 last year, much better average, uh, 27 homers, 73 RBIs. Uh, that was with the Cubs, and I believe the Tigers part of the year as well. So uh, again, Castellanos, they've talked about how bad of a defender he is. is a lot built in the outfield. Uh, So, you know, I think both guys, Castellanos and Azuna, don't make us very good defensively, but both guys upgrade us as some hitting uh, that we have. Uh, Castellanos can play a little bit of third base, probably some first as well. I don't think he's very good there either, but that gives us a little versatility if we were to get him. And for the record, if we're going to pick between those two guys, I'm much higher on Castellanos than Azuna. I think Castellanos is a good hitter. He's a professional hitter, as, as they describe certain players, and, I think the one thing that guy can do is just hit, and, and he's a uh, big, strong guy. Both guys from the right-handed side of the plate hitting, but I would prefer Castellanos over Ozuna. Uh, I've seen Ozuna projections for for what he would draw is three years at 45 million or so. So, you know, I'm guessing Castellanos is similar in some sense. Uh, you know, I, I think both the guys are guys you might could move and trade uh, if you're two young prospects, Waters or Pache are ready this year, so, you know, um, both are guys that, again, well-known hitters and, and can do some damage. Probably could go in that number four hole for the Braves uh, immediately. Uh, the question is where do you hide them in the field? Probably going to be left or right field, obviously, but, uh, you know, one of those two guys might be coming to Atlanta on a on a, on a shorter term deal, I would hope, two or three years, uh, possibly. Also read another interesting thing uh, in, in an article out there that said Yasiel P- Puig might be another option for the for the Braves uh, in a free agent deal as well. Uh, Puig's numbers, 267, 24 homers, 89 RBI, so also pretty good. We all know Yasiel comes with that baggage we've kind of seen. He's kind of a clubhouse distraction and, and, you know, is not to say he's not a nice guy, but certainly he's had some things about him that makes you wonder whether or not he would be a guy you want in your club, in your in your locker room, in your clubhouse, but you know, I wonder would Yasiel potentially take a little less money or even shorter years on a deal to come in and play for a contender? Uh, who knows? Wouldn't be shocked to see something like that happen with the Braves either. Uh, Yasiel's a talented guy with a big arm, can do a lot of things, but uh, you know, would the fit for the Braves work? I I, I don't know. That's a good question and. Uh, I, I do think, regardless, we've got to figure out a way to get somebody to back clean up. And I would lean toward the outfielder and give that third baseman's uh, job to Camargo and Riley throughout this season and see how they manage that that at that third base at the hot corner uh, this year. Uh, we all know the other discussions about trades for Nolan Ariano of the Rockies, who's owed a lot of money. Uh, I think it would take a lot of prospect capital to get him. Uh, Chris Bryant, same way, uh, not quite as much money as Arenado with the Cubs' asking price. has been huge. Uh, go back to a previous podcast and recall uh, I reported that the, uh, one of the guys I was asking for was Max Freed, and I would not do that in any way uh, because we got to have that pitching out there with Freed. Uh, Starling Marte of the Pirates has now been mentioned a few times, and he's a guy that used to hit in the top of the order, but he's starting hitting the ball for more power now believe he had 23 to 25 homers for the Pirates last year, so that wouldn't be a terrible deal either. Uh, I wonder if he might not be a bit cheaper than some of these guys to to bring over, and I'm guessing maybe a couple of, of decent prospects get that done uh, for Marte, so that's an option for the Braves maybe as well. So, again, we're going to wait and see. Uh, I will have another podcast as soon as there's news about another uh, bat to go in that cleanup role for sure for the Braves, uh, but right now we're still back on the waiting game after uh, Donaldson is signed now, but I would guess we can't wait that much longer now. The chips have fallen on Josh, so now the Braves have got to figure out who's going to replace Josh, at least in that four hole in the batting area, certainly, uh, pretty quickly. Uh, I wanted to briefly talk about the Astros situation, the cheating situation, and and not necessarily go back over what they did and how it happened, but the punishment itself, and we've seen some talk about that, and Was it harsh enough? Was it too harsh? Was it about right? Uh, I'll I'll be honest with you. As a Braves fan, watching the copy stuff and the way we got hammered from our international recruiting and signing situations, we got... I think the Astros got off pretty darn light. Yeah, we cost some jobs there, and we lost jobs, and some guys may have trouble finding a job for a little bit here, but, you know, John Capoele, copy, is banned for life from baseball. And, you know, what he did, I'm not... I think he got what he deserved. I'm I'm glad they caught him and the Braves had to had to stop what they were doing. But it looks like to me the Cardinals had an elaborate system to cheat within the game. Uh it was premeditated, it was it was uh they didn't hide it, they went out there and did it, they tried to hide it and got caught. and, and now they're being punished and, and man, they, they got off light. I'm sorry, but nobody got banned for life. They won a world title. Uh they were just plain out abusing the system and, and to me that's worse than what the Braves did. That's arguably up there with, with the HGH steroid stuff because you're trying to cheat the game and, and change the outcome of the game in a in an unethical, um, dishonest manner and manner. And I think that that's the problem I have with this is I think the Astros uh, should be punished more harshly. I mean, what should that be? I don't know, but I mean, if they can get to the bottom of what happened, uh, there should be some more bans going on here. Uh, some of the players, you know, if, if there's some things that they did that can be proved, of how it happened uh that's a pretty serious accusation and a pretty serious, pretty serious situation and I do believe that uh it should be looked at a little bit more harshly than it is and has been so far so that's my take on the Astro situation and the cheating scandal and the sign stealing situation so uh you know we'll see if it does anything else does come of this but uh with all the with all the punishments coming down and the firings and the loss of jobs I'm guessing we're about done with that so I do kind of think the Braves may have gotten made an example of before and this is not uh something that that's going to change with the Braves but then you know I think the Astros should have been punched punched a little harder uh on that situation because they did make it a mockery of 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 something that can't be done within a game and uh and it did they did a good championship arguably by doing some of this stuff so so the last thing I want to talk about today uh, is just go back over the Braves minor league system. Some rankings have been updated. Uh, I'm looking at MLB.com's rankings right now of the, of the, the Braves' top prospects for the year uh, for 2020. Uh, we've seen different lists come out, but you still see the normal names at the top. Christian Pache is still first. Uh, Drew Waters is now second. Egan Anderson's third. Kyle Wright's fourth. So uh, those are the four guys that seem to be, the top three guys in particular, the guys that seem to be the prize Blue chip guys that everybody wants in trades. Uh, Kyle Wright is a guy that I think has still got a lot of upside, and and even though he didn't hit last year, uh, I look for Kyle Wright hopefully to get in there in that fifth spot this year and make some noise early on. Uh, I want to talk about Drew Waters again in a second. I you know everybody talks about Pache and and how he is uh, the top guy and rightfully so. Christian Pache is a great prospect, and I'm excited to have him in our system. I'm excited to see him in Atlanta hopefully in 2020. But Drew Waters to me might be our best hitter we have in the minor leagues. Uh, you know, I've seen both these guys play at Double A, and Drew Waters just looks like he's got that it factor hitting the baseball. I mean, he's a great hitter, uh, great athlete. You know, Apache is the guy that that they say is the best defensive outfielder in our system, and is a Gold Glove caliber guy now. Waters, you know, I think just has that, and he is ready to be a, a major league star. Uh, he's a good hitter. He's got a lot of speed. Uh, You know, it's hard to compare him to somebody at this point in time, but the the name that comes to mind is Andrew Benatendi of the Red Sox. If I'm looking at him, he's a lefty hitter. Not going to hit the ball 500 feet, but drives it in the gaps, runs, plays good defense. Maybe a little more athletic than Benatendi, but just a good hitter, and I'm really excited to see Drew Waters. And I'll be honest, I would not part with Drew Waters for anyone out there unless it's just a a lockdown trade i mean if you get arenado and he can re-sign him then that's different but you know drew waters is a guy that i feel like is going to be a brave and be a great player for this team for a long long time and pache certainly as well and Pache's gotten all the hype but i think drew waters has been the unsung guy there uh the fifth ranked prospect moving up is Shay langoliers the catcher we drafted in the first round uh bryce wilson still at six i do like bryce a lot Kyle Muller, the lefty pitcher, uh, who's also knocking on the door pretty soon, is, is up to seven. Uh, another catcher, Contreras, who we all know about, is eight. Uh, newcomer, Braden Shoemake, who was a draft pick last year, is up to nine. And Hanyaskar Yona, and if I said that improperly, I've heard his name said, but that's difficult, difficult to say, so my apologies in advance, is up to ten. A hard-throwing right-hander uh, there. I'm going to scroll down and pick out some other guys that I think are of note and where they kind of landed. Uh, Tucker Davidson. Is it 13? Uh, Tucker Davidson is probably the most unsung, unknown Braves prospect who is a big-time major league pitching prospect. Uh, he was not as well-known or highly drafted, but everywhere he's gone, he's won uh, double-A, triple-A. He might be the guy you see making a leap pretty soon to get in that rotation spot. Left-handed pitcher Tucker Davidson is is a is a really sneaky guy coming up those rankings, and he is pretty close to major league ready at this point in time. Freddie Tarnock is 15th, a uh, uh, hard-throwing kid that hasn't really made it up uh, that high yet. Uh, Trey Riley, 17, minor league player of the Braves' year uh, in the Braves' system, Trey Harris, is at 18. Interesting guy there that played in Mississippi most of the year last year. Uh, Alex Jackson down the 25, the catching prospect for the Braves uh, in there as well, Uh And some more guys we really haven't heard as much about. Another another catcher, Logan Brown, at 26. Bo Phillip, a shortstop, who I have heard a little bit about, at 27. Uh, And then Victor Vodnik rounding out at the 30th spot in the Braves system. So the Braves system, you know, is still one of the better systems in the major leagues. Might not be quite as deep as it once was. uh, But some of these guys uh, we're looking to see move up this year. Some of these guys we should see in Atlanta this year as well. Uh, You know, Alex Jackson, interesting to me as well. As a catcher, uh, you know I, I'm not really sure what we do with Alex. We got a couple guys up, Flowers and uh, our, our new guy uh, we got from Tampa Bay this year, uh, Travis D'Arnaud is here, so you know I think he'll handle most of the catching. Uh, D'Arnaud will, but I would guess that uh, Alex is the third guy we'd have. The, the, the first guy up there, as uh, our other two young guys aren't quite ready yet. So uh, anyway, we'll see what happens this year. But that that minor league system is still loaded, you know. One of the things I've heard a lot about and talked some about is, do you, do you wait for some of these guys or do you make some deals? And I certainly think it's time to make some deals. Uh, I would not panic and, and deal a Pache, a Waters, or an Ian Anderson, or even a Kyle Wright right now, uh, unless you can get a really, really slam dunk guy that you can have under control for more than, than two years. So that's the podcast today. Thanks for listening. Uh, again, when we have some more news about the Braves and a signing or anything we make a trade with, I will be back with another podcast. As soon as possible. Have a great week. Go Braves. Hello and thanks for listening to the Braves Craze podcast. Be sure to subscribe to this podcast on your favorite podcast platform And be sure to follow The Braves Doctor on Twitter at Dr. Braves.